Hello, and welcome to Wands and Fronds, the weekly podcast where we cover magic, herbalism, and more. I'm Shannon. And I'm Nick. And we're your co-hosts. So today, I'm talking about a real heavy hitter for this sickly time of year, slippery elm bark. And it's like, the greatest time to be talking about sickly shit because the air quality has been hot garbage in Los Angeles. They literally like downed planes this weekend because of like fog and pollution and they just fucking couldn't see. So that's great. But slippery on bark. Yay. Yes. Yes. Something, something good for your throat, something good for your lungs. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's good for, it's good for right now. <laughs> it's and moist. So, <laughs> and uh, so I'm putting on sort of my plague doctor mask. Uh, we, you guys, we're not doctors. We're not doctors. That we're hasn't changed doctors. since last week. Nope. Didn't get my medical degree in a week. We're, but we're talking about some like flu season magic and yeah. a bit about uh, Panacea, the goddess yeah. with universal healing powers. So, and I feel like up top, we should just like really quick put it out there, guys. Like, magic is awesome. Working with magic for your health is awesome, but get your fucking flu shots. This get is your like, flu shot, get your COVID vaccine. I am someone who has had a negative reaction to the flu vaccine in the past. And guess what? I still fucking get it because it's different every year. I had it happen to me one time and it sucked, but I'm not suddenly telling everybody not to get vaccines right. because the pros outweigh the cons. Just get yeah. your fucking vaccinations. All of them. All of them. That's why we don't have polio anymore. Thank you, science. Yes, we got rid of it. Very anyway. cool. Um, so you guys, for flow, for flow, flow Macron. Uh, Flo Macron. Flo just always makes me think of the uh, the insurance lady. Right, right, right. No, so for flu <laughs> slash Omicron's themed episode, um, I I had a few flashes of inspiration that sort of came at me randomly when we were already planning on doing this episode that I wanted to share before I sort of get to the meat of the segment. And one of the things I had seen that really got me thinking, again, knowing that we were doing this episode. Uh, it was a tweet from one of the anti-Donna boys, presumably oh. Zach, because I think he does a lot of the stuff on their Twitter, uh, which basically said, when exactly did doctors stop prescribing a week of the seaside as medicine? Which is a great question. Yeah, these and, are the important questions. And um, so the second is something that I noticed with my cat. Uh, he has been recovering very well, making lots of progress from his surgery on his mouth. He was spending most of his time after that under my bed. So if you guys couldn't tell, I'll actually, I'll, I'll move the camera for the Patreon viewers who can see. I have this like screen in front of the window in my room and behind that there's a sheet. So it's actually, it's pretty dark in here. I, I work late usually, like I work later in the day. So I do like to sleep in and um, all of that to say, there's not a lot of sunshine and fresh air in my bedroom. Um, but so Oliver had been in here. He's been chilling under my bed and he's really only been coming out to eat. So I had kind of forced him. And so basically what that looked like is because uh, he always, always before would be following me out when I would go to smoke or make a phone call or whatever on my patio, like him and Faye would both be like right there at the door. Yeah, they're and shadow so, cats for sure. They really are. And so it was a little out of character for him. And I was, I was, you know, I was like, I was just going to leave him alone for a bit, honestly, because he went through a lot. But 
Yeah, he's been through it. But I was like, the dude needs some sunshine and some fresh air. So the other day, it's cold as fuck today, which I'm so glad we're talking about flu season stuff. But the other day, it was like really nice out. It was like 80 degrees. The sun was out. I was like, it's time. So I just like picked him up and plopped him down in his little sun square. And I swear, you guys, like after getting a little bit of sunshine and a little bit of fresh air and getting to watch the squirrels, he was perked up. He ate better that night. Like you could you could see like his eyes kind of coming to life more. Yeah. Um, and so that again, like. That's that's coming at me like while we're planning this episode. So I did take some small inspiration as well from the fact that like me and Shannon both constantly have to remind you guys that we are not doctors and none of our segments constitute actual medical advice. No, Uh, this podcast is for entertainment. And if you do have any medical concerns, you need to take those to your doctor. Yeah, to your actual doctor. This is this podcast is not intended to like diagnose you with anything nope, or like not at all recommend treatment for anything. We're here for funsies. But while I am not qualified to be a doctor here in the 21st century, I would be more than qualified to be a doctor in the 19th century. I mean, so, yeah, you and my cat, like honestly. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, back when uh, some cocaine and a week by the seaside was a perfectly viable prescription for all kinds of things. Um, but really, a lot of that stuff is, I think, just like good horse sense, you know? Um, And I think in the modern world, we could all use some reminders that when it comes to preventing disease and taking care of our bodies, the old ways do still have a lot of wisdom. And so that's kind of of where I wanted to dig in today. Um, So today I'm going to be looking at the classic Victorian prescription pad, of course, minus the cocaine and giving your babies morphine and um, all of the things that they would give to women for being hysterical. Oh my God. All of the things that they prescribed mercury for. Yeah. No, we're not talking about that. Um, Just a little arsenic. It's fine. Just a bit. The dresses are green. It'll make your limbs fall off. NBD. I would not (laughs) want to live in Victorian times, but. No, no, no. (laughs) But, But what we really wanted to talk about is sunshine, fresh air, and hearty food. Really, the the or you could call them Victorian doctor prescriptions, but you could also just call them grandma. When you were sick as a kid, what did your grandma tell you? Go get some fresh air. Yeah. Go get yeah. some sun. Go get some sunshine. Eat yep. a good meal. Okay, you guys. Um, but we did want to talk about those. We wanted to talk about the magical accompaniments of those and some witchy ways that you can ward off sickness in your family. So. We're going to dive in now. Um, I'm going to start with sunshine because this is a huge one. And this is one of those things where the old wives were right. And it really follows a sound line of logic. So respiratory illnesses proliferate in cold and damp environments. Yep. And it follows that anywhere cold and damp is likely to be dark or lacking in sunshine. So if you take a sickly person out of a dark and damp environment and get them some sun, perhaps at the seaside, feel rejuvenated and refreshed. Um, Yeah, especially if you're getting them out of that like London air. 
that was mm-hmm. just so disgusting. And then getting them into the clean, fresh air of the seaside. Yeah. Like, whoo. Fresh air. It'll we help. love it. Uh, but also a bit of sun. A bit of sun's good for you. Uh, and so, of course, we know that now that it likely has a lot to do with how bad the pollution was in London. Uh, I mean, people get malaria from the vapors coming off of raw sewage, but it's also got a lot to do with like vitamin D, Mm -hmm. like vitamin D you get from the sun. And I mean, nowadays we rely on putting it into our food in various ways uh, because we don't go outside nearly as much as we should. Yeah, um, but the good thing about that is it only takes like five minutes in the sun for yeah. your body to increase production of vitamin D. So like you don't have to like spend a full day at the beach if you're not feeling no. well. You can literally just like get outside in a t-shirt for a few minutes. Yeah, like It'll literally help. just just get some sun. Get some yeah. sun and eat a fucking orange. Okay. Like mm-hmm. it's really it's not hard. But so sort of speaking of which, though, uh it, it's one of those things where we i feel like we overlook it you know we we do supplement our food with these things but like i don't drink milk no i'm not you a know? baby cow no i i and it's like i don't i'm, I'm also lactose intolerant to be fair i, I don't i i don't but, need a lot of uh cereal either which is where a lot of the vitamin d that you know is like added into people's diets comes from stuff like that so it's like you know like you got to get a little i mean i but i also spend more than five minutes every day outside. I love it outside. So I get my sunshine and I live in Texas. Yeah. And I take Willow on like 45 minute walks every morning, which right. is nice, unless the air quality is bad, in which case we can't go out as much, which is like, man, my left arm for some fresh sea air right now. Right. And so I, I guess kind of my thing was uh, my Victorian doctor's prescription for all of you guys out there. If you are worried about flu season this year, do yourself a favor. And next time you have a sunny winter day where you live, take the time, get some sun on your skin. I mean, unless you are like live in Australia or like South America or something, and you're like right under the hole in the ozone and there's a UV warning, get some sun. It's like literally good for you. Okay. Yeah. And also I would say as a bonus, with just getting some sun, it's also a good, I mean, it's a little counterintuitive because we're talking about sunshine, but it's a good way to get grounded. I feel like when you're outside and you're just like warming up like a lizard on a rock for a minute, like I do feel very grounded after that. Like I feel in touch with with the nature. It's because you feel like a rock. I feel like a lizard on a rock or, you know, I would say I feel like a turtle because, you know, I had a turtle as a pet for a very long time. Turtles are excellent. Turtles are excellent. And they love to climb out onto a log and just uh, just get some sun, stretch their arms out. Watch what a turtle does. Do that. Yeah. Okay. They know what's up. They do know what's up. Uh, And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about some magic here, too. And some ways that you could incorporate not just the sun, you guys, but solar energy. And so what had kind of come to me here was like an altarpiece for the flu conscious witches out there. And so what I was envisioning was like a solar powered health bowl. So you guys, 
um, we talked about the money bowl recently. And like, maybe that's what was like shaking around in my head. But when we're thinking sunshine, a few things are going to come to mind. And top one for me, citrus fruits. You know, maybe it's because of sunny delight, but it's also citrus season in the winter. It's citrus season in the winter, which is great because citrus has vitamin C in it. It's and almost like nature and humans work together really well if we pay attention or something. We, I mean, we could, but what what I was thinking was that you could make like a magical bowl of oranges that you could kind of eat and replace and sort of invoke this solar energy to help keep your family healthy. So big ass bowl of oranges, I think could be it, you know, but um, another solar power heavy hitter, I think is uh, stones like citrine, amber, yellow topaz. These are all like very sun heavy stones. If you're wanting like a solar powered health bowl, these would be good additions. So kind of think of it like a money bowl. You're putting stuff in, you're taking stuff out, you're keeping it moving, you're eating the oranges, you got some citrine in there. Mm. Um, But also I would say that all of those stones that I mentioned have solar plexus connotations and your solar plexus just so happens to be like right by your lungs. So mm-hmm. I think it makes a certain logical sense magically as well to be going for solar plexus stones when we're talking about respiratory illness season. Yeah. And I think isn't the solar plexus color, I think it's orange or is it it's orange or yellow? I believe that one's yellow. Is it yellow? Oh yeah. I think because. I think you're um, the one below the solar plexus is orange. Yes. But I was thinking kind of borrowing, borrowing from the money bowl, though. uh, I think bay leaves with health sigils or just English language manifestations of health and bodily protection would be something good to mix in there. But also I kind of imagine this like bowl of oranges and bay leaves and maybe a few citrine crystals would just look really nice and bring some of that solar energy into your home. Mm, I love that. And I just had a thought, like if you're working on health sigils, it would be really great if you have like cloth masks that you reuse to maybe like in a marker or something, put a little sigil in your mask on the inside. I do love that. That could be real nice here. I, I, we, we get the the free uh, confession time. I am a bad person, but we get those like free disposable ones at work. So yeah. I, I do get one of those and use them for like three days and then throw it out. Uh, yeah, we have uh, a bunch of cloth masks. Um, I mean, we also have the paper masks for when we need them. But I was just thinking like, if you have all of this like bowl of stuff you're getting together, I mean, for us, it's like, we keep our masks kind of like near the door now. It's like, you could kind of store them all like with each other. Yeah. 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 Like kind of like a totem that you take out. You could, you could charge your mask in there with the citrine. Uh, But I was also saying, I saw in the finale of great British baking show, the edible pen. Yeah. Uh, Because the dude was like drawing on his cookies with it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, first of all, I literally am ordering one paydays this week. So because I was like, that would be so fucking good for kitchen magic. Oh, yeah. Uh, Or 
I was thinking, I was also just going to say, you could draw your little sigils and stuff right on the oranges. Like if you just wanted to keep it simple and just do a bowl of oranges, get an edible pen. Yeah. Draw your shit right on the oranges. Like skip yeah. the bay leaves if you want to, if okay. you don't have them. And nothing smells better than like running a bunch of really hot water down your garbage disposal and like putting some orange peel in there. Oh, yeah. Did you ever do that thing? Okay, this is rabbit trailey. Did you ever do that thing? It was like a Tumblr post where they were like, you should try eating an orange in the shower because you just throw the peels down on the ground after you're peeling it. And, you know, you can just eat it like an animal because the juice is going to wash off in the shower. But also it just smells really nice because the peels get in the hot water and then you just clean it up out of the drain when you're done. I have not. I'm not much of a shower eater, but, uh, you know, I, uh, that, that was kind of my thought about it as well, but, uh, I did try it one time and I did like the smell coming off of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it smells great. I just, um, yeah, I don't often, I don't often think about shower snacks. Maybe I'm short-sighted for that. Maybe. Maybe that's my loss. Maybe that is the multitasking that is just going to take your life to the next level. Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, but no, I was I was also saying, though, if you did want to draw sigils or write manifestations on the oranges, I feel like a regular pen would be fine because you don't actually eat the peel. Um, we give you permission. I, I give, as a Victorian doctor... That's my that's my official opinion, is that it's okay. Uh, but the key things here would be to change to to sort of charge the whole bowl in a sunny window or indirect sunlight. So if you've taken the time to do it, if you've taken the time to draw your little sigils, to write out your little bay leaves, to throw some citrine in there, you've got your beautiful solar powered health bowl. Put the shit in the sun. That's the whole fucking point. Okay. Like, really? And lather, rinse, repeat as needed. Yeah. So that's, that's, your, that's your Nick Paul homebrew uh, for a solar-powered bowl of oranges for, uh, for health for your family. Um, and yeah, will you perhaps look wacky having a winter sunbathe with a bowl of oranges? Sure. But are you a witch and this is probably not the first time your neighbors have seen you doing something kind of weird yeah yeah so i'm like if if sunbathing in this like winter time is the weirdest thing your neighbors have ever seen you do like good for you i'm not in that boat <laughs> right uh so my next big ticket victorian doctor item is fresh air and i think it's especially important at this time of year to remember that being cooped up all winter indoors is inherently bad for your respiratory health. Full stop. And that is, that is good sound medical advice. Uh, even if I was a doctor, I would say that to you, a real non-Victorian doctor. Um, so think about, think about this though. As witches, we should be especially mindful this time of year because we burn lots of incense and candles. We have pets. We make shit 
out of branches and grass and leaves and dry flowers. And it's an occupational hazard, which is at least partially abated in the warmer months of the year by the fact that we can open our windows and our screen doors and let fresh air into our house. In the wintertime, we're closed in with all of that stuff. You know, whereas sort of normies, Oh, speaking of speaking of cat hair, we've got we've got Fay uh, baby Faye. Um, but no, so it's like you need some fresh you need some fucking fresh air, people. So my prescription as a Victorian doctor is cocaine. No, um, <laughs> keeping stuff clean. So if you have an unseasonably warm day air your shit out okay because the air is filthy in your house um if you're doing smoke cleansing if you're doing an energetic floor wash throw open those windows i mean even if it's a little chilly just as part of like keeping the air flowing because you probably need it you know it's like you can turn the heat back on in a few minutes but Get a good cross breeze going. I swear, you guys, like, these are the kind of things you don't think about it. And it's laughable almost to be like, oh, yeah, a little fresh air and sunshine. It's like, yeah, a little fresh air and fucking sunshine. Yep. Unless you live, I'm just going to, like, pop in to say, if you live in an urban area where the air quality is not always great, just yeah, double you check do live, the air quality yeah, Double check the, the air quality for the day, for sure. It often tends to, like change throughout the day too so even here in LA it's like normally by the night it's like in like moderate or like NBD pollution levels so like even if you live in an area with pollution there's usually some time during the day you can open the windows for me I normally like to do it first thing in the morning is I come downstairs and kind of like open up all of my windows for like an hour to let everything just like circulate through and and, th- and that's that's really what I'm trying to push here. Yeah. I'm like, get some fresh air, pick the right yeah. time of day. I mean, we we get some bad air quality here in Austin too. And I'm not gonna yeah. lie, like I'm not gonna throw open my windows if the pollen counts are so high as they often yeah. are, because that's gonna make me sicker. But I think kind of the thing to keep in mind, though, since this is sort of like a flu season segment, is that all of that stuff that I'm talking about the dust from your incense your cat dander your just your dead skin and all of that stuff that's floating around in the air that you could flush out with some fresh air is already kind of irritating your lungs yeah and when you do come across a respiratory virus or some kind of bacterial infection you're going to have a lot better chance of just fighting it off if you're not already inflamed, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, like, for sure. That I think that makes perfect sense. You want to you wanna be starting from like the best base level you can. And like on that note, as far as keeping things clean, just especially as like an, a cat owner, I can't stress enough. Like once in a while, y'all wash your walls. Like yes. you don't think about it it's one of those places that you might not think about but like dander and dust and stuff will literally like cling to your walls oh absolutely i mean uh, this is 
I do not want to go on the rabbit trail. I mean, you are a Virgo. I am a Virgo rising. We could probably talk about cleaning all day, but we really must move on. Yeah. But do clean your walls. Yeah, wash your, your walls. And your door handles. That's, that's my main one that I'm going to throw in that a lot of people don't think about. Wash your fucking door handles, people. You're disgusting. I'm moving on. Uh, okay so stuffy air though it does affect your mind as well like when you're inside with the heater running and it's all like recycled air I don't know it's like I I I feel that I feel heavy I feel sleepy yeah I'm like that's when it feels like nap time yeah it's it's like it's too much nap time um and I was gonna say like Shannon do you have any like quick air purifying plants that would be good for people um sorry willow's barking y'all might hear that um no because a lot of times people recommend i apologize willow is very excited a lot of times people like misquote this nasa study about plants cleaning air but it's actually like really inaccurate and you would have to basically have your house entirely full of plants for them to help actually oh okay well um you heard it here first folks nasa lied to us uh (laughs) there aren't there there are no air purifying they didn't they didn't lie they just like it's it's one of those things where it was like the perfect conditions like in a vacuum kind of basically where it was like well yeah then the plants clean the air if they're in this like tiny controlled space they don't do shit for the air quality in your house. They're great for your mental health. They're great for your magical spiritual health. They're not cleaning your air. And anyone on Instagram who tells you they are is full of shit and hasn't read like any of the actual research. So sorry. But just to kind of finish the fresh air segment here, if you cannot open up your windows and doors and get a good cross breeze going and flush out the air in your house, go outside, get a little fresh air. It is good for you. Yeah, go stand next to a tree. Yeah, go stand by a tree. Go sit by a creek. You know, get get some of that good oxygen coming off the creek algae. It's fr- Thanks, it's fr- algae. It's fresh. It's fresh-made oxygen, okay? So, algae's working the hardest and getting no, no recognition. None of the credit. None of the credit. Everyone's like, the rainforest. It's like, no, the algae in the ocean. Yeah, the algae in the ocean are great. Soil. Soil also traps a lot of carbon. Anyway, continuing. But we got to talk about hearty food because, mm. I mean, that's really the, the grandma hack of, of to end all grandma it's hacks. It's stew season. It really is stew season. It's like that's when you come home with like the pot that's like, you know, two fucking feet deep mm-hmm. on the stove bubbling away with beans in it. If you were in my house, like, yeah, the fucking five gallon stew pot. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The stew no. pot you can like bathe a child in if they get sprayed by a skunk. Mm-hmm. That's Tomato the juice. That's yep. the one. Uh, so, but I would say this is less magic and uh, just more good horse sense. Um, but consider the following, you guys. The holiday season, which is also flu season, conveniently enough, is a very hectic time for all of us. And especially people who work in the service industry or the hospitality industry. Like it's a lot of go, 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 go. Okay. So instead of taking a lunch break, a lot of us are running errands related to the holidays. A lot of us are uh, running errands related to work stuff. And I mean, I, you know, I work in a kitchen, I'm eating on my feet. 
more than ever this time of year. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, at work, I'm not eating properly. Um, but I would say we get off work, we get caught up in the same shit too. We're, we're trying to get ready for, for Thanksgiving. We're trying to get ready for Yule. We're trying to get ready for New Year's. We're busy, busy, busy fucking witches. And we're just eating on the go and we're not well-nourished. And I would say taking the time to be well-fed and well-nourished because being well-fed and well-nourished are not the same thing. Uh, just might make the difference if you do come across something for flu season between getting sick and getting sick sick. Okay? You need all of those vitamins and nutrients to fight off illness. Yeah. Like your body has to have the energy. And it's funny because you would think this time of year, it's like feasting holiday after feasting holiday. Surely you're getting enough calories to fight off the flu. But if that's how you think about it and you're like skipping your lunches at work and like coming home and not eating dinner because you have to go gift shopping or whatever it is that you're doing, you're really putting yourself at risk. Yeah. And I just want to like, take a minute here because I know that the internet is obsessed with the idea of like, don't eat processed food and like clean eating. And I just want to remind everyone that like anything that you eat that you cook at all is processed. And if something that's like a Trader Joe's prepared meal that like has frozen veggies in it helps you make sure that you're eating that's more important than like buying ingredients oh, and doing from scratch absolutely. meals every day. Like frozen veggies are great. Canned veggies are great. I just want to like always like reinforce the fact that like that weird clean eating, like only no, process that, is like such bullshit. And I, I we mean, don't believe in that. We don't believe in that. I don't do that. I don't have time for that. No, same, same. I'm a fundraiser. December is very hard for my job too. And I'm like anything you can do to feed yourself and like, don't let people make you feel bad about whatever you have to do to make sure you and your family are getting fed well. Yeah. And so I kind of wanted to look at like kitchen witchery for just a second and just call out some of my favorites, some like good, some good cornerstone kitchen witchery here. Um, so for all you kitchen witches out there, this is a great time of year to lean into the purifying qualities of bay leaves, mm. rosemary, and thyme, which are not only delicious and seasonal flavors, as well as sage, but also very potent magically. Yep. Um, you can add not only vitamin C, but also solar energy to your chicken soups by putting a healthy squeeze of lemon juice into them. Oh, yum. Which you should be doing anyway, because you need acidity in every, every dish. Every dish needs acidity. It balances out the salt and the other flavors. Yeah. Um, onions dispel negative energies, promote healing and prosperity, and provide protection, which are all great things for flu season, I would think but they do have the added bonus of being great for lung health. Full stop. If you eat a shit ton of onions, it will help clean your lungs out. 
And if you're making a potato soup, make it oniony as fuck. And if your kids don't like it, tell them a quack Victorian doctor told you it was good for you and that they have to finish it. Uh, because, yes, all of that to say, it is not, it is so vital. It is so vital to not only make sure that you're eating enough this time of year, even though it feels like it's just, you know, it's just Thanksgiving, then Christmas, then New Year's. Then It's hard. We get it. It's hard. You still got to eat on regular weekdays, too. Yeah. I'm like, and I just, I cannot enough give it up for, like, frozen veggies. Like, yeah. adding, like, fresh lemon, fresh herbs. Like, all the time, we'll get, like, stuff that's, like pre-cooked or like frozen Mm -hmm. and add fresh herbs and like a little bit of like acid with either some like apple cider vinegar or lemon to it like you can zhuzh things up Mm -hmm. just like make sure you're getting good stuff for your body you don't have to go to fucking whole foods and spend two hundred dollars to like eat in a way that takes care of you no absolutely not and these are these are such good points and but circling back around you guys my flu season Victorian doctor tirade does not end there because I would say, and I'm not the best about this myself, but if, but you should resist the temptation to drink your way through the winter. Not only does that weaken your immune system in the long run, it absolutely does not constitute the nutrition that you need to fight off these kinds of infections. So, um, but Going back around to the beginning and why, why don't doctors prescribe a week by the sea anymore? Um, my main point... It's like big pharma, all conspiracy theories. They're trying to get rid of the ocean and seaside vacations. They are. But my main point here was the, the, my flash of inspiration was that the idea of a week by the seaside is what's good for you. Sunshine, check. Fresh air, check. And we all know that people on vacation eat better than they do at home. So hearty food, check. And while many of us do live a long way from the ocean, uh, we can do this from the comfort of our own homes. If you really think about it, and I get that this is laughable, but really, you guys, it's good for you. So everyone, Please, in light of yet another COVID variant coming out, please, please, please listen to your local health authorities about masking precautions, vaccine boosters, and large gatherings. Uh, It could absolutely save a life still, even if you are vaccinated. Um, And all of my Victorian doctor advice is great for cold and flu season, but COVID is a different, different thing. So you know, for, for stuff like that, listen to real doctors. We're Um, still in a global pandemic. We're still in a global pandemic. Uh, so I, you know, it's like, it was kind of touchy to do this one because it's like really though, not a doctor. I'm just saying what are the things we can look at? Because we laugh, we laugh when, when our grandmas say, Oh, get some fresh air and sunshine. You'll feel better. But it's not a joke, you guys. Grandma was right. Grandma was right. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things. It's eat a good meal. 
get some sunshine, yeah. get some fresh air. And okay. all the preventative stuff we can do is like, literally it's like an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of the cure. Like yeah. all I mean, these things I, add up. It does. And so I just, if you can change your perspective, if you can look at things in that way, then, then maybe, maybe I've done something to help. So I think so. Well, tis the season, right? We're going to just like have to keep on this because I'm talking about like, okay, we've all been there, right? Scratchy throats, colds, Mm -hmm. your throat aches because of sinus drainage, because everything is putting pollen into the air. It's cedar fever season. It's like everything is just making your throat feel awful. I am like finally coming on the other side of having had a sore throat for a few days from sinuses to now moving into a headache because, um, wonderful pollution times. So I wanted to talk about something that I do reach for though, a lot of times, like in this season, and that is slippery elm bark. It's also good for like podcasting. Cause, um, this guy keeps you moist, mm, really moist, mm, mm. which we will talk about. I, I, I just, I, before you dive in, I did want to say that's the one you always give me when I come to LA because I'm yeah. not used to the pollution and the but dryness, also the dryness. And <laughs> yeah. so it, it is very potent and very good. Yeah. It's good medicine for sure. So this slippery elm bark we're talking about is almost rubra, the slippery elm. It's a species of elm that's actually native to Eastern North America, and it really thrives in moist uplands, which makes sense when you consider the doctrine of similarities, right? This plant makes you moist. It loves to be in moist soil. It Mm. can grow in drier areas, but it really does love damp soils, and it's going to really produce better in those areas. Other common names that you'll see it referred to, though, include red elm, gray elm, soft elm, moose elm, one of my favorites, Mm. and Indian elm. The tree was actually first named as part of Almas Americana in 1753 by Pennsylvania botanist uh, Gottlieb Muhlenberg. The slightly later name, Eufulva, published by French botanist André Michaud in 1803, is something that you'll often still see it referred to as on like supplements and in alternative medicine circles. But really, the, the appropriate name is the Ulmus rubra. And it has a pretty special place, actually, in American history. Slippery elm was used in poultices for gunshot wounds by physicians during the American Revolution. And the yoke of the Liberty Bell is made from slippery elm. Fun facts. But the what most- is, What is the yoke? Is that the rope that it hangs off? Or, or no, 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 no. It's no, the, it's the, the thing that yeah. goes through. Yeah. Got it. Like an, ox, like an ox yoke. Sorry, um, I, I was confused for a second. I was thinking <laughs> no. the yolk of an egg. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, although a, a slippery elm egg yolk would be probably real mucusy. So I do think, though, the most important thing that I wanted to acknowledge here is so often you see about like the really important history this has, like the very important tie between slippery elms and American history but we really do have to acknowledge that the American settlers learned about how to use the tree from native Americans. Europeans didn't come over and fucking discover this native Americans were using slippery elm and the bark as medicine for a very long time before white people showed up. So it does have like a fun place in American history, but like we didn't fucking invent it. (laughs) We didn't invent it. Surprise, surprise. 
So it does look like the American elm, the tree itself, but it's actually more closely related to the European witch elm, W-Y-C-H. The biggest tell if you're trying to determine what whether you're looking at an American or a slippery elm is actually in their flower. Um, the flower structures to like for the European witch and the slippery elm are like nearly identical. You can really tell a difference though when you're looking at a slippery elm versus an American elm. And in general, when you're thinking about botanical identification, flowers are almost always the easiest way to identify plants, but it does get a little bit trickier when they aren't in bloom. So what exactly does this elm friend look like, right? It's a deciduous tree. It can get up to around 60 feet tall or 19 meters, although they have found some as big as 100 feet tall which is just fucking wild to me. They live to be about 200 years old, which is also just like so goddamn cool. Like trees, right? Trees are so awesome. The heartwood of the slippery elm is a reddish brown, which is where the red elm name comes from. And the way you can separate this from the American elm, other than just looking at the flowers, because they're not always going to be in bloom, right? It's the twigs. So the slippery elm twigs are actually kind of downy, and they're light gray, and they have these chestnut brown hairy buds on them. And the inner bark is red and slimy, which is where that throat goodness comes from, that mucilage. And I love the leaves of the slippery elm. They're the leaves that are rough on top and velvety on the bottom. And I love trees that have leaves like that. They're just so, text. the texture of them is just very, very lovely to me. The leaves are rough on the top, like I said, but they're also like, they're this beautiful dark green in the summer. And then they do turn to like a dull yellow in the autumn. But the the yellow that they get isn't like that bright, like the bright gold that you necessarily think. It is more of like a pale yellow. So it's very elegant. I just, I love this tree. I think it's really beautiful. Exactly. It's understated. And for those of you with outdoor spaces, it's allegedly less susceptible to the Dutch elm disease than other species of American elms, but it's still severely damaged by the elm leaf beetle. But all of the elm diseases and pests have taken a toll on this tree just like every other tree in the elm family. Uh, Almas rubra is listed as being of special concern in Rhode Island and possibly extirpated in Maine. And because of that, if you choose to use it in your practice, either as an herbal medication or for your magical practice, you really need to make sure you're sourcing it ethically. Wild harvested is not the way to go here unless they confirm that it's from already felled trees because the way that they harvest this, uh, because it's the inner bark, it can kill the tree. So you do have to just be very aware of it. There are a lot of great alternatives. Just to plug real quick, medicinally, if that's what you're looking for that you don't have to be as concerned about, marshmallow root is really great. Comfrey is really great. So if you aren't able to find a good source and you need something for the herbal reasons we'll talk about, those are good options. But with that being said, I've also read a few places online that are using things like slippery elm and the American elm to replant areas that were devastated by the Dutch elm disease, since those are two of the elms that seem to be at least a little bit more resistant than others. So, you know, be a wise consumer, do your research, but... Like I said, there are always alternatives. I just feel like we have to plug that because elm diseases in the U.S. have been a major, 
major problem. So let's talk about the medicinal benefits of this bark. Uh, nothing has changed since Nick's segment. We're still not doctors. This is not intended to treat or diagnose. Go talk to your fucking doctor. Slippery elm bark, though. It's demulcent, emollient, nutritive, and antitussive. So this is a really, really good remedy for issues with the mucous membranes. And so that includes both your lungs as well as your gut. So you can use it as a poultice for wounds, like the Native Americans taught the um, you know European American settlers how to. It's also though really great for uh, digestive complaints. Think things like diarrhea or constipation, or even dysentery. So like take that Oregon Trail. Ooh, it's good for dysentery. Died of dysentery. Yeah, not if you'd have some fucking slippery elm. You're welcome. Uh, if for digestive issues, it would go really well in a tea with something like chamomile or dandelion root to really give it like some oomph. Of course, it's great for chest colds irritation of the throat. You can get it in powdered form and add it to water with some sugar and spices to get, there's not a nice way to say this. It's a very like snot like consistency. If it's too thick, it really does have a very intense, like mucilage is what they call it. And it's just like, it's gross. It's a little slimy, but that's what makes it really great for your throat and all of your mucous membranes. It The slippery feel, I guess like a nicer way, it's kind of like when there's too much cornstarch in soup is, mm. is a less disgusting way to talk about it. But I like to make a decoction with mine. So I will put it in a pot with some water, cover it and boil it for like hours. I will often add in some like star anise or OSHA if I'm feeling really, really cruddy. We'll talk about OSHA at some point. OSHA is another one you have to be very careful about sourcing for. But it does have that slippery feel. Even just the tea bags, you can get traditional medicinals makes a slippery elm tea. It's called throat coat. And it feels slimy, like even from just like the tea bag. It's really intense, but it's it's good medicine. I do want to like add the disclaimer to though, that it's very wet. So if you're someone that has a damp body type or a damp composition, you need to be careful because I have to watch when I drink slippery elm, because if I'm already in like a very damp state, like if there's a lot of mucus coming everywhere, sometimes slippery elm bark can be too much and it will make you like nauseated because it is so moisturizing. So just be aware, like that's part of the reason you need to work with an herbalist or like get to know, get to talk about like this medication stuff with your doctor because everybody is different. Anyway, on that note, let's talk about magic. This is a feminine plant associated with the planet Saturn and the air element. Ah, air element and it's good for your lungs. Shocking. Almost every resource that I've read says that this is really good for stopping gossip and slander, which just makes me laugh so much. I don't know why. It's just so funny to me to think that like, it's like this tree is good for getting people to stop talking shit. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but there are a lot of recs to make uh, a little bit of it into like a charm for your kid to wear as they're learning to talk to, to help them be more persuasive later in life. With that said, I know that like bullying is a big issue. I mean. It's hard to say if it's a worse issue now or if we just know more about it now because I feel like kids are kind of shitty to each other and they really always have been. I think they just have new avenues how to do it now. I mean, Lord of the Flies, hello. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you remember, Granbury High School had a burn book and I was just very disappointed because the entry about me was not very creative. They just said that I thought I was so cool and I wasn't. And 
I was like, man, if you're going to include me in the burn book, like <laughs> you could, you could think about it, but I'm like, there's right. so, so many better reads for me, but I was thinking, well, I mean, they, no one asked me about what they should put in there because I had all the juicy Shannon tea. I know there's, <laughs> there's so much. I'm not a hard person to insult. Like you don't not have to I, look no, hard. That's, that's, and that's like really not my intention to say that, but like, Oh, I know. They're just like, she thinks she's so cool. I'm like, that's, that's all you got. Like somebody, they probably just liked me and just put uh -huh. me in there. Um, so with that being said though, as far as the bullying thing, I love the idea of a witch parent making a special, but not crazy loud because you're trying to fucking help them with bullying charm for their kid to help make them impervious to shit talkers you know it's not going to make them stop and i think that's something you can talk to your kid about but the constitution it can like give to help your kid withstand the assholes i think could be really helpful if it's like a little charm or something to put on their backpack or even to wear on a necklace that's kind of low-key i don't know i just think that could be cool if you are concerned that other people are talking bad about you you can tie a thread or a piece of string around some of the bark and throw it in the fire to get them to shut the fuck up i'd suggest doing a chant as you tie the knots, because I think if you're going to be doing spell work, you need to try and put intention into every layer of it. If you like working with color, I think that a black string makes a lot of sense here with the whole banishment ties, but you could also think of something like purple, which has that authority and like influence air to it to the table if you have purple string of course just whatever you fucking have um as for moon phases I think waning here would be a good time to be doing this spell too so if you want an idea for a chant this is like a quick little one that I put together that you can use so uh you can as you're tying the knot around your bark so keep my name out of your mouth if your words are meant to harm if your intent is kind I do consent to make it so I burn this charm okay. and that is all folks so my sources were uh, besweetnature.ca, plantsavers, wikipedia, rjwhelan.co.nz, thewitchdepot.myshopify.com, that was a fun one, lavendermoonapothecary.net, and themagicapothecary.com. That was, I loved, I loved your little homebrew spell. Thank you. I, it was one of those things where Nick and I have talked, and sometimes when we're doing research, we'll see like the same things over and over and over like people are just copying, pasting it onto 8,000 websites. And for some reason, I guess someone had at one point written to do that charm. Well, it was basically just to like literally tie it and string and throw it in a fire. And they kept suggesting yellow string. And I was just like, I, I don't see that. And I don't know why that would be the recommendation. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I think someone just started it and then it just kept getting copied. Right. So, you know, do your own thing. When you're looking online, you can always like bring your own flavor and your own experience to the table. And we definitely recommend it. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Make it it's, your it's own. Better. Yeah. Make it's it your more own. magic. Okay. So I think this is a great time to tell people about our Patreon. Yeah. Since if you're listening and you cannot see me, you should be. And uh, the only way to do that is on Patreon. But we have all kinds of goodies on there. You can get a page from Shannon's Herbal Grimoire every month. You can come to a monthly Instagram Live Coven meeting. You can get your tarot read for the next month by yours truly. Heck yeah. And I just have to say this month, I was very excited. The Herbal Grimoire page for this month is on nettles, which is like nettle is one of my very favorite plants. These are good guys. It's literally two pages. The first page, right. it's like herbalism stuff and magic shit. Like 
and Nick's tarot scopes are bomb. Like it's good stuff, y'all. So you guys, it's not hard. I mean, and it's the holiday season. So if you're feeling like giving, where can, where can they hit us up? I believe it is patreon.com slash wants and fronds pod. That's which is, right. Which is conveniently enough. Also our Instagram handle wants and fronds pod and our Gmail. That's and right. pod at gmail.com. That's so awesome. Even if you don't have any money, you can give us a five-star review. Uh, you can ask for my address. You can send me a bag of rubies. Um, you can send Rate, us an review, invitation. Subscribe. Yep, all of that. And uh, if, you, if you own a, a fancy Swiss chalet where Ooh. we can come spend yes. the holidays, I'd love an invite. Um Always I'll accepting rent, invites. I'll rent skis, you know. I've never been skiing, but that sounds fun. Um, which brings me back to the back to the main bed. So speaking of doing research, a lot of times when we're doing research, we come across gods and goddesses for the deity section, where we're like, I thought that was gonna have a lot of information. And for Panacea, it was not one of those, uh, or, or it was, it was exactly that. It, but, uh, so, you know, it's like, I, I dug around though. And so for this one, it's going to be a little bit more of conjecture. It's going to be a little bit more of a conversation. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the Chronicles of Narnia, weirdly enough. Um, so Panacea, uh, is sometimes listed as Asclepius's wife, which is not, you know, the hottest take. Sometimes she's his daughter, along with Hygienia, uh, which we're going to talk about Hygienia a little bit too. So Hygienia must have been a Virgo. Hygienia absolutely must have been a Virgo. But Panacea is the goddess with universal healing powers. So she could make a potion or a poultice that could heal any wound or sickness, which sounds pretty fucking powerful to me. Yeah, it sounds like a deity that you would expect there to be a lot of fucking information on when they have that level of power. Yeah, uh, but no. So what I kind of wanted to look at, though, was that there is some evidence that Panacea, as a goddess of medicine in her own right, predated Asclepius. Oh, yeah. I mean, the patriarchy loves to just like pretend women had never been powerful, been goddesses, like. And I think it, to me, that tracks because Hygienia, who is sort of the goddess of hygiene, makes sense to be like a, a lesser goddess under yeah. Asclepius, sort of like an assistant. Yeah. Uh, but why why would your why would your assistant because Panacea is depicted a lot of times as Asclepius's assistant, like in this almost like a nurse role where it's like he's the doctor and she's the nurse, like her and Hygienia are the nurses. And that doesn't sit right with me. No. Because I'm like, why would you have universal healing powers? Like everything she did. And Part of her role in Greek mythology was that she would show up at these epic battles, like the 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 Trojan Wars, like definitely shows up there. But like attending to sort of these like epic wounds that the heroes would get and showing up when the gods would wound each other with her magical potion drops, which kind of 
makes me think too about Lucy from the Chronicles of Narnia. You know, she gets her little drops, but it also makes me think of Lucy because in the Chronicles of Narnia, after the the talking lion, the talking Jesus lion gives the brother the fucking like 13 year old brother a long sword and it's like you're gonna be the king and gives the like 10 year old brother a fucking battle axe or whatever and like gives the other sister like a bow and arrow and then gives her the like healing potion and he's like well women should be on the battlefield and it's like well you just gave a 13 year old a fucking long sword but he's got a penis <laughs> but you know it's but for some reason, they're connected in my head. Uh, because also, it's like we don't call anything medicinal Asclepius. But anything that is seen as a cure-all is called a panacea. Yeah, I mean, it almost like... Have you watched the the British Merlin, the Merlin show? <sighs> I wanted to, but no. Okay, so in this version, because it's it's like loosely based on stuff, Merlin is King Arthur, well, Prince Arthur at the beginning, his uh, sure, like, sure, sure. assistant, and he doesn't know about any of his magic. And so Merlin is just spending the entire time fucking like saving his ass and cleaning up after him, and he has no idea. And I'm like, that's the only way that Panacea makes sense as an assistant, but it was bullshit in the show and it's bullshit there. It's, bu- it's, uh, it's, it's bullshit period because it's like, why would someone with universal healing powers be an assistant yeah, to a god should, of medicine? She should be the boss of everything. If you have universal healing powers, you get to be in charge. You get to be in charge. <laughs> like no. the end. S- so that's, I mean, it's a little, I mean, and it's one of those things where it's like, if you really look at it, like if you even look at the story of Gaia, it's like, culturally, you can see that the Greeks moved away from goddess worship, primarily, to a more patriarchal system as their culture became more patriarchal and also more warlike because those things go hand in hand shittier is the word we're looking for shittier because you move away from like a peaceful agrarian farming society that worships a mother goddess and communes with the moon yeah to sky daddy sky daddy worship and hitting each other and beating the shit out of each other and that's what happens when you put men in charge it's like i'm sorry that's evolved from what right so, but yeah, it, we really, uh, you know, I wish there was like a cool Panacea story where she did something other than just heal someone, but she's a busy bitch. Like she does not yeah. have time for romance, clearly. And I also kind of think of like Grey's Anatomy, you know, how that's like always one of the plots is that doctors don't have time for romance because they're married to their job. And that's Panacea. She's yeah. fucking, she's busy. She's okay. fucking in the on-call room. We know. She's, fu- she's fucking the other doctors in the on-call room. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like a, this is a big old fuck you patriarchy segment. So really, I just wanted to say, like, Lucy could have gotten a bow and arrow too. Panacea is not a fucking nurse. All right. No. If Asclepius is a doctor, Panacea is also a doctor. She's a lady doctor. Okay. They do exist. But that's all like, 
but that's all I got for you guys this week. And also, you know, we're kind of getting close to time. So um, moving on to the tarot scope. Woo! So I actually am really happy for the people I drew the tarot scope for this week, which is Taurus. And for you guys, I drew the Knight of Swords. And um, this so, one goes out to you, Ben. This one goes out to you, Ben, Benny boy. Uh, so with the Knight of Swords, it shows that you are on a mission and or even a quest which i like quest because it's almost like more divinely ordained you know going on a mission you know your boss at work could send you on a mission but it's like a quest you know like you're on this journey it's self-discovery it's the quest is quest is destiny shit quest yeah it's destiny shit so you're on this quest you've been it's you've been building up to it and you're finally off you're on the road and it's good it is hopefully going to go well for you and that we really do not have the answer for but you have set out on this journey and you know i could not be happier for you but i would say there is a bit of a warning with this card and this is just sort of my interpretation of it but when you were on a quest it is oftentimes very easy to forget about the bigger picture. You know, you do eventually have to come back home after a quest. Uh, and you do still have to, to live a life when you've accomplished whatever it is that you have set out to do. Um, and so, you know, enjoy the quest, but don't get lost. I think that's a very good message. So, you know, I think... I think that's that's really all we have for you guys this week. Uh, I, I hope you don't get the flu, you flu yeah. season bitches. Get your flu shots, get your COVID boosters, wear your masks. Um, if you are interested in signing up for my January webinar, it's like a little workshop, your 2022 Witches Garden. Patreon members get a free 30-minute one-on-one with me after the workshop, which is pretty dope. So you can find more info about that on our Patreon or on our Instagram or my Instagram. Uh, MaryGoldenMallow.com is also my website for that. But I guess until next time, Nick, what do we say to all of these very well witches? I say, blessed be you healthy bitches. Blessed be you, healthy bitches. Goodbye. Bye now. You heard it here first, folks. NASA lied to us. 